Good morning. This is being recorded for playback on April the 5th. Have your Bible ready in Proverbs chapter 1. We are in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. And while you're finding that passage, the Proverbs are brief statements in capsule form given to lead us to wise living. Someone said, text messages from God. Now, it's all based on a prerequisite frame of mind. The fear of the Lord leads to knowledge. If my attitude toward God is one of respect for His power and love, combined with a healthy dread of displeasing Him, that puts me and you in position to be well-informed, well-instructed, motivated to live wisely. In the last class, through a father-son format, a warning about temptation that may remind us of the saying, just say no. The fool, referred to in Proverbs 1, doesn't stop to consider risk or ultimate destination. Those motivated by godly fear, however, embrace wisdom and refuse to be enticed and led away from the Lord, the Lord they love and respect. So now we come to Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel, and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way, and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure, and will be at ease without dread of disaster." In some Bibles that have paragraph headings, the headline or title above this passage is The Call of Wisdom, and that's the tone of this passage, The Call of Wisdom. But this isn't like a call that you might receive where someone just wants to talk. This isn't like a chat or an entertaining conversation. This is a strong, loud, tone of urgency 
wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the markets, she raises her voice. Crying aloud conveys to the reader urgency. I want you to imagine being in an ancient crowded marketplace and you're hearing a buzz of chatter all around and verbal transactions and trading and uh, maybe animals in the background and the noise of physical movement and your senses are just overloaded. But then there is this crescendo. There's something that stands out, a voice. Maybe like the old town crier or a PA announcement. Attention! Please pay attention. And so you stop and you turn around toward that voice and it's commanding. That's the tone of this text. That's the cry that goes out to be wise in life, to avoid the peril of setting up your own disaster. Listen to some of this. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How foolish to just go about your business and pay no attention. You need to stop and see what this is all about. Wisdom is personified as a woman who is begging us to stop and listen. She's waving her hands. She's shouting like a warning flag trying to get through to us. Then verse 22, an admonitory statement of rebuke. If you don't stop and listen, how long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? The tone remains one of urgency. Stop and listen before you ruin your life. But here the plea contains rebuke. How long? And I want you to notice that terms are important in this section. So let's stop here and make some notes. Simple ones. That's an expression that's like our word superficial. We know people who have never really paused to think about much at all, except their immediate existence and appetites. No depth, no long-term planning, no reflection on the God who made them and what their response ought to be. This isn't equivalent to being dumb. These simple ones may be very well equipped with worldly knowledge, how to make money and have a good time, but they don't navigate into the depths of what life is about, of wisdom from God. They're superficial, simple ones, uncommitted to what's really important. Scoffers, that's another term. Scoffers delight in their scoffing. These are people who, when wisdom is offered to them, react with ridicule and insults. Not only not interested, but aggressively opposed to learning how to live according to wisdom from God. So they insult and laugh and make fun of people who want to help them. They are street smart, but life dumb. Fools hate knowledge. So imagine back in the ancient marketplace, crowded, noisy like Walmart on Saturday. The call goes out. 
Wisdom cries aloud in the street. The simple ones are not paying attention. The scoffers laugh and go on. Fools hate knowledge. Fools in this case are thick-headed. They don't listen and learn. It seems their only way to learn is to jump into trouble and make a whole bunch of messes, and then it might occur to them that they've made some messes. These are the people in the crowd of life who don't listen to Lady Wisdom, the simple, the scoffer, the fool. At the entrance of the gates, she still speaks, raising her voice to the crowd, Will you be wise? In spite of those who are not paying attention, her warning continues, and it contains an element of promise. I'm at verse 23. If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. So this is what we call a promise, and I I want you to know where it comes from. It comes from grace. I like what the NIV does with this. Repent at my rebuke, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. This is written as a call to repent. A call to repent with a gracious promise. Repent, turn from your foolish ways, and you can learn and apply words of life. This is like our invitation or an invitation song. And the tone is urgent. Stop and pay attention. Turn from your superficial living And you can learn ways that will avoid future calamity and disaster. But if you refuse to listen, I'm at verses 24 to 27. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when disaster and anguish come upon you. All right. She says, no repentance. You're not going to stop and listen. You're going to ignore my counsel. What's the outcome? Mark these words in the text. Calamity, terror, storm, whirlwind, distress, and anguish. And we know people, and it may be that you're listening now. And you were or you are someone who didn't stop and listen to wisdom. There is that expression, reaping the whirlwind. Terror strikes like a storm, and there's often regret but not at such depth that it prompts repentance. So for some, the reality is too late, too little, too late. Verse 28, then they will call upon me, but I will not listen. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their own turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. 
Again, the words here are strong. I will not answer, Lady Wisdom says. You hated knowledge. You did not choose the fear of the Lord. You despised reproof, she continues, Lady Wisdom. You would have none of me. Therefore, you are eating the fruit of your own way, filled with your own devices, killed, spiritual suicide, by turning away from my voice. The complacency of fools destroys them. What a sad picture. When wisdom from God is available and calling loudly and with urgency and passion, please stop what you're doing. Stop how you're living and listen and turn. But then we arrive at verse 33. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. All right, folks, I have four takeaways. One, what we're talking about here is life or death spiritually. Eternity needs to be in full view here. This is not some optional thing. I like something that Ray Ortland wrote. Wisdom is not handy tips to improve our lives like a software upgrade. Wisdom is not a high-octane added ingredient to boost our performance. Wisdom is a matter of life and death because wisdom reveals we are listening to God with an eager heart. An old hymn helps us hear the gospel clearly. Wealth and honor I disdain. Earthly comforts, Lord, are vain. These can never satisfy. Give me Christ or else I die. Spiritual death is the disaster of all disasters. To live away from God, separated from the giver of life, alienated from Christ, that's what the stakes are here. Not just good advice for this world. Proverbs is interesting, even entertaining, and an amazing work of literature. But this is what fathers talk to their sons about concerning life and eternity. This is what mothers want their children to listen to. This is the reason for the instruction and discipline that parents impart. This is why sermons are delivered, spiritual life or death. Wisdom is calling from God through His Word to each of us, are we listening? That leads me to number two, listen to consequences. Read the consequences in your life. <clears throat> if your life is off course and you are convicted by these statements in Proverbs, our hope is this will bring a pause into your mind that has urgency attached to it. One thing we plead with you to do is listen to consequences. Read the consequences in your life. Look at what the results are of a pathway that isn't submissive to God, that doesn't fear Him. It can help move you from complacency and ruin to read this passage and concentrate on the words used to describe life without divine wisdom, storm, whirlwind, calamity, disaster. Listen to and honestly consider and read the consequences in your life. Sometimes, we feel like saying to people, 
Are, are you looking at what's happening to you? Can't you see what you're doing? Are you listening to? Are you reading what the consequences are saying to you? Takeaway number three, when you read the wisdom literature in the Bible, <clears throat> like this in Proverbs, don't read Christ out of these passages. Jesus is wisdom incarnate. Colossians 2 and verse 3, In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is wisdom incarnate, and I want to say this about him and his teaching. Every truth, every insight that you gain from Proverbs that's good for you is repeated and reflected in the example and teaching of Christ. I want to say it again. Every truth and every insight you read about in Proverbs that's good for you is repeated and reflected in the example and teaching of Christ. And if one is following the journey of fools, Jesus is the only way out of that storm. If I'm convicted of sin by these passages in the Old Testament, I need to keep reading and get over into the New Testament and learn about Christ and what he offers and obey him. He said, when the storm comes, those who survive are those who hear and obey me. Matthew 7 24 to 27. Number four. The last verse of Proverbs 1 is what we would identify as ending on a positive note. The last verse of Proverbs 1 is what we would identify as ending on a positive note. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Sounds very much like a beatitude. It sounds very much like Matthew 7, 24 to 27 I just mentioned. The choice to obey Christ prepares you for the storms in this life and gives you relief from the final eternal disaster. So, tune in carefully now. And listen once again. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones? Will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, I've stretched out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes. When terror strikes you like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when disaster and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices 
for the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Why are people not listening to the call of wisdom that comes through God's Son, God's people, God's Word? A.W. Tozier once said, Unbelief says, Some other time, but not now. Some other place, but not here. Some other people, but not us. Someone else, not me. Let's live by divine wisdom so we will be at ease without dread of disaster. Thank you for listening.